By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It's November, but that's September. Does that make any sense to you, Shelley? It absolutely does. Okay, that's the lady who calls herself September, but it's November. And you know what? We what? asked our expert to analyze that song. Did you know about this? We have a new song analyzation expert. I don't. And you know what he said about that song? What? Here's what he said. So when we say mediant, that's just a very old school way of saying the third note of the major scale. Nakia G, the mediant is B. The chord built off of B is a B minor chord. And so when we modulate from G major to B minor, that is a mediant modulation. See? I mean, he, he nailed it, didn't he? Totally. I mean, isn't that exactly what you're driving down a highway thinking, you know what? I think that's a mediant chord. I think that goes from a G major to an H flat. You know, I, you know, you know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? Yes. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? Do you not even know what Kabuki is? <laughs> I do know what Kabuki is. Do you know what? Kabuki? What is it? It's Japanese theater. What? Japanese theater. Theater. Yes. Okay. Hold on a minute. Here, do it one more time. Here he was. Here, here's, here's, here's your guy. You told me you like this guy. You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? You really don't know? You've never seen Kabuki before? Uh-uh. You've seen it before. You just don't know I what I thought it, it was a beverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's the new Kabuki. <laughs> it does Seriously, sound... Seriously, there's a, there's a beverage. It's, it's a health beverage. Let's see if I can get my phone straightened out here. My phone doesn't work right. Let me look at this. Kabuki. K-A-B-U-K-I, I believe. Kabuki. It's, it's where it's like traditional... Uh, Japanese theater where where they where they dress up in weird costumes. Okay, hold on a minute. Popular times. Uh, well, that's like what does the fox say? It's about plushies. Kabuki is a classical form of Japanese dance drama. Uh, matter of fact, here, let me look at the rest of this. Kabuki is known for its heavily stylized performances, the often glamorous costumes worn by performers, and for the elaborate. Kamoridua makeup worn by some of his performers, where they have the they almost look like it's interesting. They almost look Horse like and dolls. No, they almost look like Kiss with the weird makeup they wear in their face. Oh, Ser- really? Seriously, seriously. Kabuki is thought to have originated in the very early Edo period when founder Izumo no Okuni formed a female dance troupe who performed dances and light sketches in Kyoto. The art form later developed into its present all-male theatrical form after women were banned from performing in Kabuki Theater in 1629. You women can't perform. Kabuki developed throughout the late 17th century and reached its zenith in the mid-18th century. In 2005, Kabuki Theater was proclaimed by UNESCO as an intangible heritage possession, possessing outstanding universal value. In 2008, it was inscribed in the UNESCO representative list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity. And he, you didn't know about it. I mean, here it's in here it's in the 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 relative representative list of, of the intangible cultural heritage of humanity. Here you didn't know about it. I can't believe that. Yeah, bite me. You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? <laughs> So what is the beverage? Kabuki? Uh-huh. There is no beverages, Kabuki. Oh, here. There is two, Brad. Here's a new one. I got this one for you. You ready for this? Sure. Okay. You know who the, You know who that is, by the way? 
Who? Here, I'll play this one. See if you can tell me who this is. But listen very, very carefully to this one. She marks her man with her lips. <laughs> Did you hear that? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Did you hear it? Yeah. I'll do it again. She marks her man with her lips. That's Don Draper. You really? Know who, you know who Don Draper is? I do. Okay, that's the guy from Mad Men. That's probably, see, that's probably one of the most famous scenes from Mad Men. And it really is, it, it really is, have you ever, you ever, you ever watched that scene? It's, it's I, I've watched um, quite a bit Mad Men. Okay, it's salespeople call it one of the best sales pitches they've ever seen. Seriously. Really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll play the whole thing later. And okay. what the, the, the genesis of it is, you know, Madman, what, what's his name? In the show, he's Don Draper. What's his real name? I can't remember anything. I, I don't know. You know, he's supposedly from St. Louis. I don't know if that's true or not. Anyway, uh, it's supposedly one of the world's best sales pitch scenes because the background is his advertising agency is going to a client that they acquired, I think a relatively new client, that makes women's makeup, specifically lipstick. And they came in and pitched their idea to the, the owner of the company. you know. And the owner of the company just dismisses it. Just, eh, this is stupid. Eh, I hate this. This is dumb. Doesn't say that, but just pretty much says that. So Don Draper gets up and decides, well, we're just going to leave. And the guy owner of the company goes, you're just going to leave? And and that's when that's when Don Draper goes into the explanation, and it's really well done. I mean, what's that guy's name? John something or other? Is it John Holmes? No, he's a porn actor. Uh, yeah, yes, he is. <laughs> he's got to be dead. John Holmes. All, yeah. the, all those. You know, the sad thing about that is, you know, we hear about all the WWE and back in the day, the WWF and the WWE wrestlers who die way too early. Uh-huh. Mainly because they had all the goofy. They got punched in the head. Well, no, they. Well, some of them have the the TCE, the thing that the football players get, um, and other ones die because their hearts give out because they've had so much crazy, weird it's stuff injected into them. You know, all the the steroids and all the other junk that you know, the painkillers and yeah. and stuff like that through the years. Then you got the old porno stores stars. Most of them are, aren't old because they all died of AIDS and, and HIV. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they, you know, I, I'm being serious about that. Remember? I am too. Yeah, I mean, and and it's it came about when uh, you know before anybody really thought much about that. And what happened was, you know, many of those stars, shall we say, intermingled with other stars. Would that be a good way of putting it? And and one gets infected, they all get infected. So, God, isn't that weird? You know, and then you have school teachers that last till like they're 200 years old. You know, I mean, how is that? I mean, is that fair? You know, I saw a teacher the other day. I was in line behind a teacher in, in Wally World. She was 186 years old. And she says, Sonny, I've been making my money from the school district since the ninth, early 1900s. I'm great. I go, how much money did you put into the pension fund? I put $352 into the pension fund. How much money have you gotten out of the pension fund? Five million, five point two million dollars. I go, wow, that pension fund's worked well for you, hasn't it? Yes. And you know what? It's all because of stupid people like you that pay their the real estate taxes and their personal property taxes and make us rich teachers. Hello? <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to go over well today. <laughs> 
remember, according to 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 Dave, uh, what's his name? Dave, Mister Financial Genius. Uh, what's his? God, I can't remember any names this morning. What's going on with me? What's my name? Sheila. Huh. Stella. Stella. People call me Stella sometimes. Do you have a wish? No. That's Stella. Well, I do wish. have a lot of wishes, but. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Dave. Dave Murray. No, not Dave. Dave, Dave Murray is another guy who, you know, once again, people love Dave Murray. I have nothing against Dave Murray. He taught me how to to read, uh, you know, color, color radar. radar. Yeah, way back back in the day when nobody knew what it was. But once again, Dave Murray's the St. Louis weather expert. He doesn't live here anymore. He lives in Palm Springs, California. Like, okay, that would be like, hey, I'm going to be the St. Louis sports expert, and I'm going to live in New York. Okay, so when you go to a baseball, oh, I go to the Yankees game, but I'm a big, I'm the St. Louis news report, the sports reporter. Okay, when's the last time you've been to Cardinals game? Well, I watch them on TV. Okay, when's the last time you went to a Blues game? By the way, did they lose again last night? Did they? I think they played last night, didn't they? I don't know. God, the Blues are, are you know, it's the wheels are falling off. You know, they, they, I think they won the first three games of the season. Now they've won, like, they've lost eight in a row, which is an all-time record. They're the last-place team, and and you know what? I think it's sad, you know, because of the fact that, that you know what they're talking about? They're talking about moving to L.A. now. No, they're not. Yeah, stop they're talking, it. Blue's going to move to L.A. Dan Kroenke's found Just out that, they're, that they're doing bad, and, and Stan's coming in and go like, hey! You you know those St. Louis people they're He's they're coming in hot they're they're all they're all terrible people move your team to L A make some money you know the reason you lost eight games in a row you're in St Louis move to L A and you'll make tons of money oh yes Mr Kroenke okay will you build us a new oh yeah yeah I'll build you I'll build you you know my my new SoFi Stadium cost me forty two billion dollars I'll build you an eighty two eighty two billion dollar hockey arena the seats will be made of gold and the goalposts will be titanium. It'll be wonderful. You'll love it. That's Dan Kroenke. I'm just going to drive me nuts. I can't think of Dave, the financial guy who's on radio, who's always in a bad mood. What's who, his... Mike McGee? No, 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 no. The, the guy from Nashville. He's always in a bad mood. You know, Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. Yes, thank you very much. I've, I've my, my mental block went in my head. He's. I heard he is the biggest jerk to work for. You know, and, and once again, I'm going to tell you this, Shelly. I'm going to get myself in trouble again. He's one of those guys who found the Lord, and if you don't think exactly how, how he thinks, you're a dummy. You know what I mean? Get yes. what I'm saying? You know, you know that type. You know what I mean? Like I do. You know, I found the Lord, and you're a sinner. And you'll always be a sinner, and I'm going to be in the. I'm going to walk to the pearly gates after I die, and you're going to be in the fires of hell. Okay, thank you for judging me. <laughs> I thought it was the man upstairs judge. Yeah, this is job. a judge-free zone. Right. <laughs> anyway. It's true. I'm like, yeah, there are parts of my house that I'm like, mm, this is a judge-free zone. Yeah, well, my whole you, life. If you walk in here, you, you can't judge. My whole life. At like, all. My whole life's like that. What are you talking about? My car's like that. You know, it's missing a fender. Hey, don't judge my car just because it's, it's short a fender. You know, right? What car is missing a fender? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> when back, you know, what's really funny? I will tell you a weird story. When I was in high school, which is many, 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 many years ago. I One owned, time in band camp? Well, I had my car 
And I just got home from, and you're laugh when I tell you, setting up my project at the science fair. I drove my car to Washington University, set up my car at the science fair. This was in April, okay? And one of these freak storms kicked up, and I was car number 13 of a 14-car pileup, okay? And I actually got hit by my own car. I was outside of my car, and another car, my car ended up being sideways across the highway, uh, and I got out of my car, and I was walking away from my car to try to get out of the carnage of all these cars. Another car broadsided, T-boned my car, and pushed it into me, and literally, I got hit by my own car. How's that for having bad luck? Uh, anyway, before I fixed that car, I took, and the, it crunched in the right rear side and the right rear door, and before I fixed my car, I got my can of white paint, and I wrote, ouch, on the big damage, and Every once in a while, somebody will say, weren't you the guy that drove around in that red station wagon that had ouch on the on the back? Yep, that was me. Is that weird how people remember stuff like that? Yes. People used to remember me like if I was in the car, if they were behind me, they knew it was me because of my hair. They knew it was because of you because they couldn't keep up with you because – they were driving Corvette, and you were pulling away from them. They're going, oh, I'm driving a Corvette. This gal, my speedometer's pinned, and this gal's pulling away from me. Oh, that's Shelly. That's Shelly. No, that's not what they remember me for. They remember <laughs> for me because in my younger years, they knew me because of my hair. Because you're because when, when you'd cut I them off. I have big hair. When they'd cut them off and they honked at you, you'd give them third phalanges, right? That's why they knew you? No. When I cut them off, I run outside and stick a joysticker on my car. <laughs> Talk about people going to get in trouble this morning. <laughs> well, you know what the whole problem is? I do, but why don't you tell me? You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? Yeah, that's the whole problem. It's 627. Uh-huh. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. It's 633. It's a Thursday morning. It's two days after the election, and we still don't know who's in charge of the federal government as far as the Senate and the House is concerned. Is that bizarre or what? It's appropriate for the times. Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, right now, there are 44 House seats that are still not decided because of the election stuff. 184. Right now, the Democrats have 184. The Republicans have 207. And it takes 218 to essentially be the majority party. So right now, there's no majority party. Same thing in the Senate. The Senate has uh, 50 people, two from each state. Democrats, 48. Republicans, 9. There are three Senate seats left in play. And one of them, the Warnock, uh, you know, Herschel Walker uh, race will not be decided till I think, December 6th when they have a runoff election. Is this weird or what? And this is the this is the rule in Georgia that if you don't have, you have to have, in order to win the election, you have to have 50 50% plus one vote, which means if you had like, think about this for a minute. If you had like four guys, let's say you had a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian, and a Green Party guy, and each guy got 25%, nobody, ever, nobody would ever be elected because you couldn't get 50% plus one. You know, they could have a runoff, and, you know, once again, the Republican could pick up little votes. He'd have 30, and the Democrat could pick up a little bit more, 32. But then you had, you know, the the Green Party guy with 18 and, and the Libertarian with 16 or something like that. And it comes out to 100%. They could go forever like this. How weird is that? And, you know, and there's a new law in Missouri. Do you know that? What's that? Your dog can't bark before 7 o'clock in the morning. I knew you were going <laughs> to say something about that. 
Oops. <laughs> hey, so um, how did uh, your friend Fetterman come along? He's got to be. He's a senator. I mean, you know, once again, we need we need diversity in the Senate. We need short people, tall people, ugly people, stupid people. You know, we need all the diversity like that. And you know what's interesting? You know, you know who I think lost. Get this. Let me look at this. Lauren Boebert lost. You know who Lauren Boebert is? I have no idea. She's the gal from Colorado who um, used to work. She had a, a restaurant called the Rifle Inn or something like that, and all the waitresses had guns. They carried a sidearm. And she's, you know, she was like, you know, we have like AOC and Cori Bush and 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 Ilman Il or Oharm, whatever her name is. Uh, but in the Republicans, we have what they, now they're calling. Um, What's the what's the abbreviation they use for her? Um, Taylor Green, what's her name? GTC or I whatever her name is. And Lauren Bobert. Well, Green won, but Bobert, I believe, lost. Although they're recounting her election, I think it's right. Let me look and see where she's at. Um, you do remember? You know who I'm talking about? She's she's really she's an attractive woman, but she's like four foot eleven, literally a very short lady. Lauren Bobert. Um, what difference does it make how tall she is? Because she's a B.A. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Now it says they're tied. Holy cow. The guy she's up against, Adam Frisch, has 156,746 volts. She's got 156,682 votes. She's what? Like 60 votes behind him? Oh, my God. This <laughs> That's 99% reporting. They still don't have all the things in. Um, third Congressional District. I'm reading all this stuff. Five hours. Oh, hold on. Here we go. Uh, Representative Lauren Boebert, one of former President Donald J. Trump's most ardent supporters, is facing Adam Frisch. This is an old article. Updated seven through six. Several independents. Okay, now it shows. Okay, according to this. Okay, this is the same thing. He has 50.01% and she has 49.999%. Is that bizarre or what? And they still don't have I wonder all... what it's going to be, um, how it's going to be decided. They still don't have all the votes in, which is interesting. They, they, they drop it down by counties. In Mesa County, she's up by 16 points. In Pueblo County, Frisch is up. Matter of fact, hold on a minute. In... This is in Colorado. In Pueblo, La Plata, and Garfield County, he's up by 9, 26, and 14, respectively. In Montrose County, she's up by 26. And in Delta County, she's up by ninety uh, by 29. And all the counties, in Mesa, there's 95% of the vote in. Pueblo, there's 95%. La Plata, there's 95%. Garfield, 90%. Montrose, 95%. Delta, these are all counties in Colorado. Wow, holy cow. I mean, and and what's interesting is she was like a lot of the Republicans. Oh man, red wave! I'm a shoe in. She's going to be one and done because she's only been in. She's only been in for I think one term, I believe. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? I do not. Look her up. Just look up and look at the picture of her. She's she's an attractive. She's what do you, what do you call women who have black hair? You have black hair. Is you, are, are you like a brunette or are you are you black? Do you call that blackhead? You, you know, there's blonde. No, I'm a brunette. You're a brunette, but is uh-huh. so brunette covers both brown and black hair. Yeah, and and red. No, not red. Brunette means that you've got a touch of red in your hair. Red, red's different. Red's you know, red's red's you know, touch the the hair and you burn your hand. What? 
with redhead women, if you touch their hair, you burn your hand. Don't you know that? Everybody knows Oh, that. the gingers. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah, I, I missed that. Sorry. Okay, so so we still don't know. You know, once again, this is the year 2022 where you can grab your phone and you can do anything with your phone. You want pizza? It shows up at your door in 30 minutes. You want McDonald's? You want Burger King? You know, you DoorDash it or your Uber Eats it and it's there, okay? You want to pay your taxes online? No problem. You want to order stuff from Amazon? Someday you order it in the morning. It shows up in the afternoon. How come we can't get the election straightened out? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you do. I mean, wouldn't you think that after all these years and all these computers and stuff like that, that, you know, that at 7.02 when the polls close, bonk, okay, X1 and Y lost, right? You know, A1 and B lost. Don't you think? Yeah, Brad, I think that. No, you don't. <laughs> Why? How come every time I say something, you say, like, that's not true? How come? What? Ask me that again. How come every time I say something, you're like, that's not true? You really don't. It's just you're like a uh, pickleball. Why should we waste time on kabuki? Pickleball. Don't get me going on pickleball. You know, they've actually turned in. Um, See, turned Chesterfield Mall into pickleball courts. I'm the one that told you that. What do you mean? Oh, is that what I heard? <laughs> yes. We talked about that on the air the other day. Not the entire mall. Then I can't believe that I actually um, well, see, believed you because usually you're... Well, take it one step further. The tennis players are getting mad because they're taking a lot of tennis courts. and Because I think you can put, if I'm not mistaken, I think you can put three pickleball courts in the size of one tennis court. I think that's the dimension. So the pickleball courts are relatively small, whereas obviously tennis courts are relatively big. By the way, I don't know how in the world I got on this lady's list. I'm on an email list from this realtor, and she sends me you know, various you know, houses for sale. She sent me one the other day. In Ladue, $15 million. If I showed you this house, I'm going like, holy cow. This is like incredible. I, it's one of the most amazing houses. And you know what? Here's the sad part of it. Is it's in St. Louis. It's $15 million. If this were in California, it'd be $150 million. If it was in like the Hamptons, like in New York, it would be $250 million. And it's like incredible. I'm going like, who has that kind of money? You know? I mean, like, wouldn't you know? I mean. There's a lot of people that have that kind of money. Uh, man, not me, man. Well, <laughs> yeah. not you, but there's a lot of people. I mean, to me... There's a lot of wealthy people on this side of the river. To me, you know, if I made some more money, I can move out of my 20-foot ship, shipping container and get a 40-footer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, Brad, I, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I could get that long shipping container, you know? And if I really had some money, I could get one of the railroad shipping containers. You know, you know those are those are different sizes. Did you know that? I did not. Don't they have windows in them as well? No, the 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 ones that are the sh there's 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 a bunch of different sizes of shipping containers. Uh, what they call the the Konex. That's actually if you talk to the military, they're called Konex. I believe that's what they're called. Anyway, uh, there's the most of them that go back and forth across the oceans are 20s and 40s, but there are ones that are used in the United States that are like pulled by tractor trailers, and those can be, I believe, 53 feet. And you see those on you see those on railroads as well too. They're intermodals. In other words, you'll see you'll see a, you'll see them double stacked too. Go like holy cow! Look at that. You ever go down by the railroad tracks? I go down by the railroad tracks all the time. I love the railroad. You know, it's sad what's happened to the railroad. 
That's true, because we, my neighborhood had a, a railroad track running through it. Well, I mean, how can you redo Union Station and not have any trains there anymore? See, that's what I never exactly. understood. I mean, you know, now there is, you know this spot, there's, there's, a, there's a, what they call it, there's a siding on, I guess it would be on the west side of Union Station, where it still is active, and the rich people that own rail cars, do you know the rich people have rail cars? Did you know about that? I did not. Yes, they have their own cars. They're like, you know, Pullman cars back in the day. And you can, I, I don't know how they do this, but you can contract through the railroads and they'll hook you up and they'll take you around and you can go places. And every once in a while, I mean, during the height of Union Station, I don't know down there anymore, you know, to the point where I think that if you had a rail car now, you had to have the your sides of your rail car, uh, you know, your Pullman car reinforced with Kevlar. But back in the day, you used to go down there and you used to see the cars on the siding, and those are the rich people. So in other words, if you wanted to go to St. Louis for like a week, you just have your, you know, your your rail car, your Pullman car attached to a train, and they would drop you off at Union Station. You just park your car there, you know, your rail car, and, you know, you got everything. You got your bathroom, toilets. They plug in electricity. You know, you're good to go. When you're tired of St. Louis, you get too many bullet holes in the side of your, your rail car, you just have them pull you back out. Okay. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? Not necessarily. You don't believe me that there are rich people that drive around in, in, in rail cars like that? No. You really don't? I'm calling BS. Okay. I'm going to find it. I'm going to send you the thing. Next break, I'll shoot you the information on it. Is it off of Facebook? Of course it's completely accurate. God, and all, boy, Facebook, Meltdown City. I think, what, yesterday they laid off 10,000 people? Holy Yeah, cow. and now they're putting this new meta classic page on there. You know, that... And gets rid of your the page that you've been using since Facebook. The meta thing is just so weird, you know? Isn't it, though? It's just... I'm sorry. It's just weird. And you know what's sad about it is? What's the interesting that? thing is there's a whole wonderful world out there where you can actually go places and be face-to-face with people. You can actually ride a roller coaster rather than pretending you're on you can actually you know drive a car up and down the west coast on 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 highway one you can go to florida and and drive a1a you know you can you can drive through the rockies in 70 and actually be in the rockies and actually smell that mountain air you know what i mean there's a whole world out there that you can experience out of your bedroom with stupid you know ar glasses on you know what i mean I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's. Why do you sit there and laugh at me? Because sometimes you say the way, like you're saying things like, "Okay, shut up, Brad." I do. Play the commercials. Okay, Shelly. I. You know I what? I didn't say that at all. You know my motto with Shelly. If she asks me to jump, I ask how high on the way up. Uh huh. And that... then you come crashing down <laughs> on your belly. On my head. That's why. That's concussion number six. <laughs> it's six forty-six. It is BS. Show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Six fifty-three. Okay, Shelly. You don't believe anything I say. Do you believe what the smartest woman in the world says? Always. She sent me this information. She said, you know, she's lived in Chicago, and she said she saw private rail cars in Chicago all the time. Okay, this is from a Wikipedia page. Talks about the first private rail car was uh first private rail car was provided by P.T. Barnum for the soprano Jenny Lynn during her 1850 to 1852 American tour. Okay? I bet she was a diva. You know, women are called divas who are sort of like, you know, have that attitude. What are men called that have that attitude? Is there a w- word for men? You know, you say, oh, she's a diva. But what do you call a man who's like, it's like, 
You know, what do you call a guy like Donald Trump? He's sort of a diva. A diva. If a woman, he'd be a diva. What do you call? What do you call a man like that? They usually call him a professional businessman. <laughs> no. I thought it started with a P or a D. Anyway, uh, anyway. additionally, many cars built by Pullman, Bud, and other companies that were originally used in common rare uh, carrier service as passenger cars were later converted as used for business and private cars. Now, get this. Railroad barons, including Leland Stanford, had their private cars. Abraham Lincoln disliked the ornate railroad car supplies for his service as president. They, that's right. They used to have presidential rail cars. He rode in it only in his coffin. How sad is that? Private cars were more common in the heyday of the passenger rail service and during the pre-Amtrak era before 1971. At its peak in the early 20th century, an estimated 2,000 private cars were in use. Such carriages were extremely rare in the United Kingdom, although a notable example was the Duke of Sutherland Saloon, which is preserved at the National Railway Museum in New York. Okay, in the 21st century, which is what we're in right now, some private cars have survived the decades and some are used for tour rides, leasing for private events, etc., Others are on static display. A small number of private cars have been upgraded to meet current Amtrak regulations and may be chartered by their owners for private travel attached to Amtrak trains. So there's still some of them out there. Not many. See, you didn't believe me. You didn't. No, but I believe the smartest woman in the world. Well, of course. (laughs) You know you have fans when... She doesn't gang up on, on me like... You and the info dude do. <laughs> she, she says, I mean, Whoa. in stereo. I she get said, it. In stereo. What do you call people like me? And she says, A dash dash hole. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have my fans out there. So, see, private rail cars. You do. Private rail cars. And you didn't know about that. Uh, here's There's she, a lot of stuff I don't know that you bring out in the light. Thank you. Well, it's like my life is just trivia. Private rail. Okay, this is a thing. This is an article she's just sent me. It's called, it's from the private railroading. Once the preferred mode of travel for most Americans, passenger rail offered a unique and relaxing service-oriented travel experience, characteristics seemingly lost amid today's hurried and demanding schedule. However, not everyone settles for this impersonal status quo. A handful of investors passionate about private passenger rail and nostalgia that comes along with it have purchased some of the past's finest rail cars. They've worked tirelessly to fully restore these gems of railroad engineering, making these cars aesthetically pleasing and even more comfortable than they originally were more than 50 years ago. Cincinnati Railway Company operates two independently owned 1950s rail cars that are used for private charters. Based on your destination, the length of your trip, we prepare the intricate details of your excursion, a detailed itinerary, a personal chef, and or additional staff to accompany and serve your party, gourmet meals while in transit, as well as drinks and snacks along the way in one of the most comfortable modes of travel. We handle the communication and trip approvals through Amtrak while our personal chef serves as your car attendant. He makes sure you're always aware of your schedule and is available to answer any questions you might have along the way. Now that's living. <laughs> I'm telling you, if a personal rail car with with you know your own chef, it it beats flying seven three sevens with 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 the Southwestern Spirit, where you know you have the guy next to you who's gonna you know fall asleep on your shoulder, or you have the guy in the middle seat who is four thousand pounds and you can't get into your seat, or it has the guy in front of you that as soon as the plane takes off, he tilts his seat back so you know his headrest is in your mouth you know what i'm saying uh-huh. yes i do <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm like oh hello <laughs> see once again there was a time 
when men were men and women were women. You know what I mean? There was and sheep a, were nervous. <laughs> there yes. was a time when there were nice things in the world. And, you know, and you had private rail cars. And, you know, I mean, see, what's interesting is my ex-boss, Karen Carroll, she worked for TWA and she was a ground stewardess. And she told me this one time. I go, a ground stewardess? What is a ground stewardess? She would, there was an area where the first class passengers used to go at the airport. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't like mingle with the hoi polloi. You know, you were like in a separate area. You yeah. Know? And, and she would get them drinks and things like that. I think that evolved into like the private clubs. What do they call it? The ambassador club. You know, you know, the, do, do the airports still have that? Smartest woman in the world. She used to travel a lot. I, I don't know. Do they, as smartest woman, do they still have like the private clubs and things like that? Like if you like are a frequent flyer, like on T, you know, hold on a minute. She's answering, I think already. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, yes, they still do. So they have the the fancy club. So if you're like a frequent flyer in United or American, you have the special place where you can go and hang out, and you don't have to you don't have to uh, be with the heathens in the long metal tube. <laughs> right, uh, demons actually. <laughs> demons and <laughs> demons in the long metal tube. Right, that's what. Yeah. It was. So um, the boarding people with the passes, they um, can go into that place too. Um, you know, the, the really frilly place that you're talking about. I don't think you can. But they have to, yeah, they just have to bring a number. Bring a number? Yeah. Like, is in, like, 100 on with a picture of Benjamin Franklin on it? That's what they have, that's the number they have no, to bring in? No, they have to bring 100 people in. What? <sighs> we'll talk about this next hour. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Shelly, sometimes. Oh. So, 6.59. Sometimes you say the most amazing things. And it's 6.59. I do? Yes. Thank you. Only on Thursdays. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. 7.06, a Thursday morning. So happy it's Thursday. Yes, S-H-I-T. I'm so happy it's Thursday. I love Thursdays. You love Wednesdays. I love Thursdays. But I certainly love Fridays. My favorite day of the entire week. I got exactly. A, I got a couple new Friday songs for tomorrow. Yeah. Yay. A couple new Friday songs. Uh, one of them you're not going to like, but I think, you know, you know, I think. Is it slow and sappy? Oh, no, no. We don't play slow and sappy songs in this song, this radio station. Well, it's slow and sap, sappy. Listen to K-E-Z-K. Beautiful easy, music. All the time. All K-E-Z-K. Okay. You're not going to like this. But the smartest woman has called you out. On what? She says, you're wrong. The private clubs, A, don't hold 100 people. These are the airline clubs for United, Delway, uh, Delta, and, and American. They don't hold 100 people. And she says, non-club members can go in with a member or pay money for a one-day pass. But those yeah, pe- that's true. But those people flying coach usually don't have enough money to pay for the club. <laughs> How does she know that? The smartest woman in the world has rubbed elbows. I mean, she has worked in the C-suite. Matter of fact, she was one of the C-suite people. You know what the C-suite is, don't you? I have no clue. The C-suite is like is like if you go, like it used to be, what, the eighth floor downtown or the Bush, Bush one Bush place, whatever it was. The C-suite is where all the CEOs, anybody with a C in front of their name, CEO, CFO, CMO, you know, C-O-L-D, you know, uh, C-L-O-U-D, all those people with C's in front of their names. That's the C-suite. 
And those are the big important person. And she was a C-suite person. And used to rub, and when, even once she wasn't a C-suite person, she rubbed elbows with the C-suite people. So she knows how the upper class live. Not like you and I. She knows how the I other. know how the upper class live. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people with a lot of money are See, very, very well, strange. That, that's right. Your dad used to... The coal hole in Clayton was was inhabited by all the the people with money and the people who yeah. pretended they had money, right? Yes. <laughs> and and, um, and the Danielle, they remember the coal hole and the Danielle. Is the Danielle gone? Or is it still there? No, it's gone. God, They've you know raised another hotel in oh this place. Oh my God! I you know Clayton is turning Clayton is turning into. I'm sorry. There was a charm about Clayton because next there to was. next to a big tall skyscraper you had like little tiny, you know, two-story buildings with, you know, like a store in, in the first floor and somebody living upstairs. It's yes. all gone. I mean, they're tearing everything down in Clayton and they're building all these fancy schmancy high-rise apartments and condos. You know, good for you rich people. I think it's sort of sad because I always wanted to have a place in the Park Tower. In Chase Park Plaza, the Park Tower? No, the Park Tower in Clayton, on Which the corner of Bonham and Brentwood. I'm trying to think what that is. That was oh, that the one where uh, the guy who's who's uh, used to be like the big wig at the Blues, where his son got drunk and he, they had a party and they were throwing they were throwing beer bottles into the swimming pool across the street. Is that the one? You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. No, seriously. That could be. Did you know that story? Because Shaw Park. Yes, yeah, yeah. was right across exactly. the street. Yes, there. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. Some of the big wigs. His son had a party and they all went up on the roof and they were launching beer bottles across that would be like that'd be across Brentwood. They're throwing it would. they were throwing beer bottles across Brentwood into the swimming pool. I mean it's not funny because of the fact that they had to close the swimming pool down because obviously they had to clean up all the glass because if you're walking around in your bare feet, you don't yeah. want to be stepping on glass in the swimming pool. No. Right. So God, can you yes, believe Yes, the coal hole was underneath the park tower. That's right. It was on the first floor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shelly's dad and used to I run that place. I always wanted to have a, an apartment in there. And Jerry Berger had his own table, right? Yes, he did. Yeah, and it was reserved for him, right? It was. I told you the story of my, my friends of mine that went to the Stovalls. Didn't I tell you the story? No. <laughs> they said they went to Stovalls. Now, keep in mind, they're yuppies, Okay. So they don't really belong at Stovalls. Although that, I think that's most of the people because Stovalls, it's all the yuppie people that want to act like they're urban cowboy types. Yeah. Anyway, they went to Stovalls and sat at a table, which was empty. And a couple of people came up to them and said, I'm sorry, but you're at our table. And they go, well, there was nobody sitting here. No, no, you don't understand. That is our table. Nobody can sit there but us. And they were asked to move to another table. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> they got up and left. Oh, Okay. <laughs> You know, now take your. I would be like, take your leotard, leotard clad Stafford wife, and we'll be sitting here anyway. And you all move over to another table. Okay, the smartest woman in the world also says she doesn't think St. Louis has any more of the private clubs of the airline clubs, United, Delta, American. God, how, how bad has it that gotten? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, how bad has it gotten at the airport where we don't, you know, you know, I, you know, I love, I love the airport. I love all airports, small, little. Matter of fact, yesterday I was at the Washington airport, you know, and, yeah. and matter of fact, Kevin, I will go ahead and, and talk about this on the air. It's, it's sort of private at this point in time. Kevin Hellman, who runs the airport, is a great guy. I've officially sold the crap transmitter site to the Hoffmans. 
And if you know the crap transmitter site right there on Highway 47 across from the airport, we have two towers. And what a lot of people don't know, matter of fact, I think the press release is supposed to come out tomorrow, so I may be jumping the, the gun on this. The Hoffmans have bought two of the Goodyear blimps, and they needed mooring towers to moor them to. You know, when they when they go somewhere, they have to like... That's not true. Yes. Stop and it. The Hoffmans have bought the Goodyear blimps, two of the Goodyear blimps, and they're going to be moored. We're going to take crap off the air. They paid me like $2 million for crap. I mean, you know... You know, money for crap and chicks are free. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, they paid me two I want my MTV. <laughs> they paid me two million dollars for the crap transmitter site. And everybody says that property was worthless. And they bought the Goodyear blimps and they're gonna be called the Hoffman Year blimps. Um, and they're going to, you know, and, and matter of fact they I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna retire them. Get it? Never mind. Okay. Dumb joke. Okay, I get it. So they're going to more. I'm with you. They're going to more the Goodyear blimps at the craft transmitter site, and you can not only take a helicopter tour of you know Washmo and New Haven, you can also take a blimp tour, and you can fly all around in the blimps. So, boy, it was fun while crap lasted. Unfortunately, we're gonna have. Yeah, to, I know. know. I, I just it's um, a sad day. It when, is a sad day. And when you have to give up your crap, Brad. Well, think about that for a minute. I mean, I am. The Hoffmans are high, high class. Imagine them buying crap. I mean, you know, I mean that had to hurt for them to write the check to pay to the order of K R A P. I can't believe I'm writing this, and they signed it. You know. Yeah, double dog dare you that that is a big fat lie. What? It's the truth. Hundred percent true. Okay. When those Goodyear blimps show up there on Highway 47, you're going to go like, oh, my God, Brad wasn't kidding, was he? It was, no. Okay. I'll only say that if it's Shamu. By the way, I hope you don't have any Bitcoin because Bitcoin is like... Did you hear that? It's cratering. Oh, my God. I mean, it's like falling like, like you know... I mean, like faster than a real thing. faster than a taco that you drop it in the in in you know the inside in in Taco Bell, and that's fast, you know, and it hits the ground, and splats. Matter of fact, one of the the cryptocurrency companies, this happened I think on Tuesday, today's Thursday, they had like a run on the bank because everybody wanted their money and they didn't have the money, so they tried to sell themselves to another. Uh, I think it's called Buy Finance or Buy Buy Finance or something like that. They tried to sell themselves to another company to meet the liquidity crisis, and the other company said no. So like, and and now they're talking about you know who's involved in this, which is two high-profile sports people, Tom Brady and Mark Cuban. Tom Brady was like the front man for some one of the cryptocurrencies. Hey, I'm Tom Brady. You know I'm a great football player, and you know I know everything to know about finance. You buy cryptocurrency. And the same thing with, with Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban uh, was, matter of fact, he actually got the team involved in this in the Dallas Mavericks, the basketball team he owns, and he got the team involved that they were promoting this crypto. I can't remember which one he was doing, cryptocurrency, and bang, it cratered. That one cratered like a couple months ago, and he's being sued by a gazillion people. So, unfortunately, if you had cryptocurrency, you know, now, maybe you bought it a long time ago, you bought it like a couple thousand dollars, you're still good. Because I, here, let me take a look at that. Let's see where it was at. Yesterday, it was at, yesterday alone, it went from like, Bitcoin went from like $18,000 to like $15,000 in a couple hours. I'll see if I find that one. Um, here, let me find, okay. Yeah. 
Crypto prices whipsaw followed up announcements that Binance, that was it, Binance would be purchasing one of his largest rivals and then said it wouldn't. And just yesterday alone, it dropped like a rock. Let's see where crypto's at today. Um, so what's really interesting is Bitcoin price. What do you think Bitcoin is today? Oh, it's, it's gone up a little bit. It, right now, it's $16,555.40. It's up. Oh, it has gone up. Yeah, it's 4.09% today. I wonder how, much peop- how many people lost their money. Well, at one point in time, where the high, the high was like, I think it was like $65,000, one Bitcoin. Wow. But I can't remember when that was. I think it's been earlier this year. Huh. It was like $65,000. So Tom Brady is not doing well. Uh, yeah, Binance was the company. Um um, uh, 16,000, uh, not recently. Okay. Anyway, that's the smartest woman in the world. Okay. So here's a story that I find fascinating. Of a man named Jed? No, here's a story that in any other city, this would be like, oh, that's a no brainer, but not in St. Louis. Okay. Let's paint the picture. This wonderful man by name of Stanley Kronke, you know, what his really name is, you know, what his middle, middle name is no Musial. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what his middle name is because huh. his his parents were baseball fans. Let me look this up. I think he's because that's where Stan Kroenke. He's named after Stan Musial, I believe. That is his name. S T A N. I read this somewhere before, and I thought to myself, that's not right. Yeah. American billionaire. Yeah. No, I'm. So, I wonder I, I'm, if he no. was part of Stan Musial and Biggies. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. His real name is Enos Stanley. Kronke. He's named after Eno Slaughter and Stan Musial. Enos, huh. so Enos is his first name. His middle name is Stanley. He goes by Stan, Stan Kronke. Okay. So how young is he compared to them boys? Uh, He's in his 70s now. He's 75. Born on July 29th, 1947. Guess what city? St. Louis? Como. Really? Yeah. Has, for him. Has a degree from University of Missouri, has a BA and an MBA. And it says, uh, it says here, he's married to Ann Walton Kronke. Ann Walton. Let me think. Little Walton. Isn't she a... Ann Walton. Ann Walton Kronke. You know, now, now why, why would he have a lot of money? Um, Ann Walton Kronke. Why does that Walton name ring a bell? I don't like know. John Boy. John. Oh, that's right. Must because John Boy had a lot of money, didn't right? So he married into the John Boy Walton family. Yes. <laughs> anyway... Um, Hold on. Okay, so 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 here's the story. I keep diverting from the story. You keep diverting me from the story. Shame on you. Okay. Remember. I'm sorry, I'll just won't talk. Remember the city of the St. Louis and the Dome Authority and the St. Louis County sued Stan Kroenke for leaving St. Louis. Essentially, he violated all sorts of NFL. And remember, I'm not going to tell the story again, but I knew he was going to leave five years before he left and nobody would believe me. But yet, you know, nobody believes anything I say. Anyway. They sued and they won. They won, I think, close to $800 million. In other words, $0.8 billion. The attorneys took a third right off the top, which left the St. Louis area, let's just call it $500 million, half a billion dollars, okay? And the city, the county, and what they call, is it called the RSA? I believe it's called the RSA. have been fighting over this deal with who gets the money, Okay. Yeah, uh, matter of fact, and just last week or the week before, they voted to put the money into a more 
um, a a fund that generated more interest. They had it in like they had it like in a savings account where you got like point zero zero nine percent, you know, on your money. You know, like you put a million dollars in, and a year from now you got a million and two dollars. You know, anyway. So there's been this big fight going on between the Dome Authority, St. Louis City, and St. Louis County. Yesterday, there's a there was a resolution by uh, I think the people at the at the Dome to put the money into like a, a essentially a what do you call it like WashU has it and are the big colleges have it an endowment put the money into an endowment and just do things for the community off of what's generated by the interest so in other words they're going to put the 500 million in an account and it's going to draw and it draws like 500 million it's crazy every day it, it's like it's like i think like a hundred thousand dollars a day so what does um like a five hundred thousand endowment five five hundred million no five hundred thousand i don't know that's a half a million this is this is half a billion oh this is half a billion, $500 million. And essentially they're saying, I don't want to log in with my stupid Facebook account. Um, the board that oversees the Dome at American Center Did you voted. Get warned? The uh. board, no, the board that oversees the Dome at American Center voted Wednesday to recommend parking NFL settlement money, more than $500 million, at a fund rather than spending it all. That fund, see, if you give it to the city, you know what the city's going to do? The city's going to buy a couple new Cadillacs for for you know the aldermen and they're going to buy you know they're going to buy you know foot warmers for you know the aldermen cuz that you know you know they don't have air conditioning or heating in the board of aldermen chambers uh-huh seriously there's no air conditioning or heating seriously yeah uh-huh. there's no there's no air conditioning okay and it's called the regional convention and sports authority it's referred to the RSA the goal they said in a resolution that would receive nearly unanimous support uh, would be to maximize the community benefit and have a transformative multi-generational economic impact on the St. Louis region while it didn't explicitly say the resolution appeared to be a, to endorse an idea floated by Greater St. Louis Inc. in a recent white paper, a long-term trust or endowment that uses the settlement principle to generate earnings for regional projects in perpetuity. The Economic Development Group's white paper was first reported by the St. Louis Business Journal. I think what a great idea! So there's they would and put they would keep the principle and they would just essentially use the interest it generates to do various things for the region. Now, what's going to happen is. The county and the city are going to fight him because we want that money. You know, they're going to say, no, we don't care about, you know, we don't care about, you know, the future. We don't care about multi-generational, you know, things. We don't care. We care about tomorrow when we can go buy some new cars. We care about tomorrow when we can, you know, have our offices redone. Or, you know, we can have more security people, you know, who walk around with us. You know, we got to defund the police, but we got to have that personal protection, you know, with Corey Bush, you know. She's got to defund the police, but yet she's got to have the armed security guards with her all the time. You ever wonder about that? I still it still cracks me up when I think about that. She's well, saying she probably has gotten threatened, you know, and we just don't know it. Hey, I've been threatened and nobody protects me. That's because you don't report it. You know, I've been threatened, but you know who prote- I shouldn't say that. You know who protects me? I got two guys. You know who my bodyguards are? myself and the smartest woman in the world mr smith and mr wesson oh <laughs> they're, they're excellent bodyguards no and i used to have this italian guy by the name of Beretta. <laughs> and before that i had this guy from austria called glock block the god <laughs> okay so i'm thinking what a smart idea you know because 
if I can't remember here, let me let me hear my, because let, other radio stations are so. How much? Never mind. Here, let me say how much. I'm gonna put this in. See if I can get how much interest. N T R E S T. See, the smartest woman can do this in her head. She could tell you, Mariah. I know she can. How much interest would five hundred million? Five hundred million. Five hundred million. Eh. Dollars. G e n e r a t e. Okay, let's see what happens. How much interest would you earn on a million dollars? On a million dollars, a million dollar deposit with the APY would would generate five hundred dollars of interest after one year. Okay, interest calculator. Here we go. If you if you you will have earned. Um, here's dollar times. For five million dollars. Now hold it. Let's see. Interest calculated. Dollar times. Okay. Here, here. Initial investment. Let's let's see. If we can fill this up. So I'll put this in. Five. I don't know if it'll help this many zeros. Zero 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 zero. So okay, that'd be five yearly deposits. We put one. Interest rate. Let's say years invested twenty. Okay. Done. Okay. Uh, is it going to do this for me? You know, it won't go out that far. It only goes, that's interesting. The calculator only go out to 5%. I mean, it only go out to 5 million. It won't do 500 million. I put, let me see, years invested results. No, it won't do 500 million. Just do 5 million. It's a bunch of money. Even at $5 million, get this. Yeah, it's, it's a little chunk of change. At $5 million, it would generate, um, uh, in year number one, in 5 million, it would generate $100,000. Million, $100, it's a bunch of money. It's got. I see if I can find this. The smartest woman in the world could do this. Woman in the world could do this in her head because it's one of those things where that's how when you get really rich, you don't have to work anymore. Now, the sad thing of that is, huh. is that, that's like retirement, Brad. No, no, no. The sad part of that is, sure it is. Back in the day, back in the day, and I, you, you might, you're too young to remember this. You used to be able to get like with a CD, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 percent interest. I wasn't too young for that, but I never partook in it. You didn't take it? But you were probably young enough you didn't understand what that was all about, right? Or did you understand? Yeah, that? I actually had to have the teller show me how to carry a bank um, book. Huh? <laughs> I didn't know how to do my deposits and withdrawals. That's what she said. <laughs> She did say that, but she also agreed with me that that's they the teller at at aerospace yeah. had to show me how to balance my checkbook. Boy, there's a bunch of comments I can make, but I'm not going to do. I it. know, but you're not going to. Do you know why? Because it's 7:27, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ding 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 ding. It is BS show. What's the name of that song, Shelley? Super lonely. What's it called again? Nope. Super lonely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's not. Some people think that song is called Boop, but it's not. <laughs> You're funny because I was just thinking, he doesn't boop anymore. Boop. <laughs> and then I was wrong. Hold on, 734. I got that one. Okay. <laughs> no, you do not. Hold on, I got to write this down. Fourth break. <laughs> no, no, what break are we on? We're in break number five. Number I'm totally 
five. Totally. Doesn't boop anymore. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, pull that one off later. Okay. You're such a child. <laughs> it's another one. <laughs> and and you know what's interesting? You know, some people think that's like just like that stupid little, you know, I'm super lonely. We had Adam Neely, our resident expert, analyze that song. And you know what he said about that song? What? This is what he said about Super Lonely. So when we say mediant, that's just a very old school way of saying the third note of the major scale. Nakia G, the mediant is B. The chord built off of B is a B minor chord. And so when we modulate from G major to B minor, that is a mediant modulation. It's mediant modulation. See, here you're thinking that's just Benny doing her Super Lonely song, but yet it's very complicated. See, you know where I got that from? I watched that again last night. This guy. No, where did you get it from? This guy's, Mr. Wizard? No, this guy's name. Amazing. <laughs> no, this guy's name is Adam Neely, okay? And I don't know exactly what his background is. Isn't he the is. science dude? No, he's like a musician kind of guy. Good looking oh, guy. Probably my looks bad. like. And it's interesting because he interviews his mom, who is a voice teacher, and. The whole episode, like 25 minutes of this, and you know, I'm the nerd that watches this. I've watched this third time, three times, okay? Because I find it fascinating. Because I'm fascinated by things I don't know. I try to learn. You know, I'm like one of these lifelong learner kind of people. Sorry. Okay? And it's a 25-minute episode on YouTube, and it's about the song All By Myself by Celine Dion. He goes All he by myself. But this this is one of her trademark songs even though it was done by Eric Carmen way back when. Okay, he goes through this song and he essentially dissects the song like bar by bar. I mean literally goes through the song and he gives you and I'm to the point where he's like, well, it's an E flat goes into a G major. I'm going like, man, he's lost me. So at one point during this thing, he interviews his mom, who is a vocal coach. And what's interesting, if you ever seen Celine Dion do this, she smacks herself in the chest. Okay? You know what I'm talking about? No. Celine, and it's gotten to be sort of her trademark that when she sings, she'll like, at a certain point in the song, she'll literally flat hand herself, but, but, you know, in the chest, like sort of above her boobs and below her neck sort of like you know sort of like in that area So she's basically trying to make herself have vibrato no what's interesting is his mom explains what that's all about his mom explains i'm going like why is she whacking herself in the chest like that and it's got to be one of her trademarks and she does this and because his mom explained that when you whack your chest it essentially does something to your vocal cords and makes them more responsive so when she's hitting huh. herself in the chest, she's, she's actually like preparing herself to sing a very high note. And I'm going like, I have never heard this before. I, I just, haven't either. I just Tiffany thought, would know. Okay, if you watch Celine Dion in concert, she does two things that are sort of her trademark. One is she holds the microphone in her left hand, and her, her right hand, she does this, this goofy thing, and it's to the point, if you see her in concert, all the people do it with her. You know, all the women are in the, con- are in the audience, and she does her right hand, she puts her right hand out, her right arm, like at a 90-degree angle, and then she raises her right hand up, and then she puts her forearm over her head. Get what I'm saying? So she does, she puts her arm out straight, right arm out, left hand's got the microphone, right hand's out straight, she puts her arm up, and as the arm comes up, the forearm comes down, and she puts her hand over her head, and she does that. And everybody in the audience does that. So at points in the song, 
And what's really funny is if you watch, and this is probably one of the James. I'm a really nerd on this. If you ever want, if you ever you want think? to watch one of the best James Carden carpool karaoke ones, watch. The I never one, watched that. Oh my god, watch the one with Celine Dion. She's incredible. Has she put on weight? No, she looks pretty good in this one. I think this one's a couple years old. She looks pretty good. But God, is she talented. And he gives her, like, for example, you know, he has her do all these songs. You know, they do the songs. And then he has her do the shark. I'm my bad baby. Shark, 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 shark. And, and, and she, he asked her, he asked her, have you ever heard this before? She says, I've never heard it before. So he does, you know, baby, shark, 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 shark. So then he says, now do that, but do it like dramatically. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's funny. She just nails it. And she, and she's never heard the song before. She goes, baby, shark, 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 you know, like Celine Dion. I'm going like, whoa, is this incredible? So Adam Neely goes through this entire, it's, it's, it's a 25 minute video dissecting the song all by myself with Celine Dion. And the whole thing is about key changes and he talks about all these songs and then what's interesting is in key chains yes key changes is in like you know like oh key changes yeah, key I changes you said key because chains, like when, house key car key when Never she mind. does when she does all by myself and near the end of the song she changes keys and he died that's what the song does well i know but she does it but he calls it the most the most dramatic key change in musical history, okay? So he, he he goes through this whole thing and explains it, where she's going, all these different things. And then what he does is he shows you all these little clips from, from movies where they do these dramatic key changes, and the key changes are part of, like, the movie which puts you in a mood. And one of the things he keeps referencing is, believe it or not, the Bing Crosby movie where they do the White Christmas song. I can't see what's weird about this. There's two Bing Crosby movies where they do the White Christmas song. The one is where, if you know the story, it's after World War II, and him and Danny Kaye, you know, are out of the military, and they find out that their general is not doing real well, and they decide they're going to put on this show at their at this at this 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 um, what a resort they bought. You know what I'm talking about? Is yeah. But I don't think that's I don't think that one's called White Christmas. The smartest woman award knows. I probably do. You know that another key change that is pretty phenomenal is the one that Whitney Houston does in um, My Bodyguard. Well, he he references that as well too. Yes, it's it's, it, it's beautiful. If you're a musical nerd, watch this guy. Matter of fact, here I'll find it. I'll find it. Here's the the exact thing. It's called, the guy's name is Adam Neely. He's a very 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 intelligent guy. He knows more. Um, he knows more about about um, music than I'll ever know. And, and let me see if I can find it. Uh, da, 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 da. By the way, uh, the Catwoman sent in, she said that the Catwoman said that the Americans Admirals Club and STL, she was there in September. She says it's fairly small, maybe hold 100 people. Uh, she's been in the one in Charlotte, and it's enormous, 500 people. Uh, it was packed. Each member can bring two guests, free food and soft drinks with cash bar. So that's what she's. That's what the Catwoman is saying uh, with Americans. At, what are you doing with your microphone? There you go again. Danny Kay and Bing and White Christmas. Okay. He anyway. This Adam. Let me find this. 
you know, sometimes you make me lose my place. You know, I come in here in the morning. Shelly, I have to complain about you. I come in here in the morning so well organized. I mean, I've got pages and pages and pages of notes, and I end up throwing them away because of the fact that you just throw me off track all the time. And I know nothing about what you have prepared. You never <laughs> share it with me beforehand. And um, so, yeah, how does it feel? I'm kidding about having pages and notes. Um, Adam Neely. Okay, this is the one. <coughs> pages me. of notes. Yeah, I'm sure they're copious. The music theory of Seabat. Um, where is that? Adam Neely. He's got a bump. God, this guy's got some some things on here. Why is Does the, he know that you're a fan? Why is the Beatles song so rhythmically confusing? Question and answers. He does all these. The girl from Infinema is far weirder the song than you thought. 3.6 million views. This guy's making a ton of money off of this. But they're all really cold. Adam Neely, key change. Here it is. Adam Neely. All you have to do is search Adam Neely, key change. And it says, um, the most elegant key change in all of pop music. I mean, in this, here, hold it. I play a little bit of this. This guy is so good. Let me plug my phone in here. Well, these kinds of modulations are to distant keys on the circle of fifths. There just aren't that many common tones shared between them, so the effect is dramatic. This is probably why traditionally they have been used so frequently in film and earlier romantic era music. In fact, in the music of Sergei Rachmaninoff, in his second piano concerto in the second movement, we get a double chromatic mediant modulation. It starts in C minor and over the course of four bars modulates to the key of E major. Is this guy good or what? <laughs> did you understand? He any, is. Did you understand anything he said? <laughs> I did not, but Tiffany would. <laughs> well, neither did I. I'm going like, God, I never even... I mean, you know what's interesting about this is people have different eyes and ears for different things, okay? That's true. Yes, I agree with that. I can look at specific cars and tell you things about that car that most people would miss. You know, there's certain cars I can say, like, for example, I'll... I'll look at the Corinthian leather... At one point in time, and I wish I had it back, I owned a hearse, okay? I owned a 1963 Cadillac hearse, okay? Now, what's interesting about this is that people don't know this, but for years and years and years and years, to this day, Cadillac and Lincoln does not make the hearse. They make what's called a commercial chassis, and which essentially is this beefed-up frame. I don't know if Cadillac does anymore. I think Lincoln still does. Uh, the, for years, Cadillac made what they called a commercial chassis, and all it had was the chassis, you know, which essentially from the, the the dashboard rearward, there was nothing. It had the front end, it had the fenders, it had the hood, it had all that stuff, and it had nothing. And they would ship these commercial chassis off to these companies, mainly in Ohio, of all crazy things, Lima, Ohio, and a bunch of other places. And there were a bunch of different companies, one called Superior, one called M&M, one called S&S, and they would build these hearses, to this day, that's how hearses are made. They buy a commercial chassis, which essentially is a brand new car from Ford, you know, Lincoln or Cadillac, and it comes just with like the front end, and they build that car from the ground up as a hearse, okay? And I could tell you the difference between an M&M hearse, a superior hearse, and an S&S hearse. And What's the difference? Well, my particular hearse was a superior crown model, which had suicide rear doors, which was the coolest really? thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was cool. I wish I it's had it back. It's almost like... Um, wish I had it back. Ghostbusters. My mom gave it to a junkyard. 
Why did she do that? That's what I said. I said, that's why she hates me. I go, Mom, you gave my hearse. Your mother does not hate you. She does. I said, Mom, you gave my hearse to a junkyard? So I called up the guy, and she goes, I don't know who I gave it to. I go, Mom, tell me who you gave my hearse to. She remembers the phone number. I called the guy. Sure enough, guy came with his tow truck, towed it away. And I said to the guy, and I wasn't trying to be a jerk, I go, that's not my mom's hearse. That's mine. And he goes, how do I know that? Because I got the title to it. Give me my hearse back. And he said, he says, well, your mom gave it to me. I go, I want it back. And I said to him, I try, I, this is my best jerk. I said, if, if it's not back in my parking lot in 48 hours, I'm going to, because I knew where the guy was, because he told me where his, 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 his lot was. I said, I'm going to call the police. I'm going to file a stolen car report because I have the title. Not my mom, me. It's in my name. And the guy says, let me think about it. Two hours later, that hearse was back in my parking lot. (laughs) I'm sure it was. So that's, and believe it or not, on Facebook, there's like three hearse groups. And there's this one guy, he's called, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, his screen name is Funatorium. F-U-N-E, you know, like funeral with torium. Funatorium. And all he does, I think he's retired, he goes around the country and goes to, goes to funeral homes and takes pictures of their hearses and their limousines. This is what he does. He travels the country and he goes around and not only does he take pictures of, of the hearses and limousines that are still in service, he finds people in that particular city, wherever he's at, he'll find people that have their private collection of hearses. You wouldn't believe some of these are crazy. Some of these guys have like 10 hearses. And what's interesting, you know what the you know what the 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 ultimate hearse is? If you have if you have if you have a car collection, if you have a hearse collection, you know what the ultimate hearse is? Um one with a a potty, the 59 Cadillac, which has the big old tail fins and the bullet tail lights. That Oh, I bet that I that bet that is, is that is the the like the the you know what the the you know the 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 rare gem if you have a 59 Cadillac yeah and some of them sometimes these things sell for six figures I mean I it's, believe it. it's crazy and you talk what's your thing you already say every every what's your comment about everybody has a subculture or something like that everything has a subculture okay that's what this it is does. this are these guys and 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 there's 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 people around and for example what there's a subculture here's a one here's a really weird one there's a subculture in the United States these guys that buy these hearses that are from Buddhist companies or Buddhist countries that have and they're like built on Toyota chassis and things like that and they have all this ornate wood carving on top of it. It looks like some kind of a crazy, you know, furniture store on top of a car. You know, it's just bizarre looking. And that's because of their culture. Because supposedly, I don't know what it is. And for example, this guy documented all the different hearses that Queen Elizabeth II was in. And really? Yes. And he, he, this this one is a Bentley, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and this was made by so-and-so coachworks in, in Austria. Blah. I'm going like... Who is this guy? So Nerdville, okay? You okay. know what? I want to live there someday in Nerdville. You you probably will, honey. Yeah. I think I'm there already. You think? <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Let me in. It's 749. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. You know, I'm still looking at all the election results. This is crazy, Shelly. We still don't Frank have Frank? all the... Okay, did you know... I didn't even know this. I forgot about this. I do, did know this, but I forgot about it. Did you know Sarah Palin ran for the U.S. House in Alaska? I did not know that. She got nailed. 
the Democrat got 101,000 volts. Matter of fact, this is what's weird. Alaska's got this crazy thing. They've got the 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 ranked choice voting. Four people uh-huh. ran for this position in Alaska. This is Alaska's uh, District 01. And Patolta, Peltola, Peltola, that's, she's the Democrat. She won with 47.22% of the vote. Sarah Palin got 26.59. Begich, B-E-G-I-C-H, got 24.21%. And then By, B-Y-E, I don't know who that is, that was independent, got 1.73%. Okay, right now, Still, to this day, we have no idea who, uh, right now, as it stands right now, um, there are three Senate seats that are still in play. Georgia is one of the states. Uh, Nevada and Alaska are the three states where they don't know what's going on with the Senate. As it stands right now, the Democrats. Because they haven't, you know, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on in, um, as a matter of fact, there's... um, yeah, in 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 Nevada or not in in Arizona, there's still controversy there because of the fact that Carrie Lake claims that she won, but you know who knows. Anyway, uh, they still don't have all the votes tallied for Nevada. There's Nevada. No, no, I'm, no. I'm looking at. Hold on, I'm looking at here. Anyway, right now the Democrats have 48 seats. The Republicans have 49, which gives you 97. There's three seats that are still undecided. And essentially, it's Nevada, Alaska, and Georgia, which are this. this uh, well, matter of fact, that that was going to go to the runoff. Now, in the House, there's still 44 seats that nobody knows. Now, keep in mind, all every seat in the House is up for re-election every two years. In other words, the entire House gets a re-elected, re-elected every two years. In the Senate this year, uh, there were there were uh, this year there were. Uh, 36 Democrats that had no election and 29 Republicans had no election this cycle. Because the way they cycle it is the the like the Senate terms are six years. So every two years, a third of the Senate gets reelected. So in other words, they take like essentially 33 senators like in one year. And then two years later, it's another 33. Get what I'm saying? Okay. I do. Okay. So in the House, it's every two years. And right now, 44 seats. They still don't know who it is. And it's predominantly in Arizona, California, is it Montana, Oregon, and Washington. They still don't have, uh, you know, anything west of the Mississippi, essentially anything west of the Rockies, or excuse me, east of the Rockies is all finished. Everybody's got their votes in. Everybody knows who's going to be new new rep. But once you get out into the west, the southwestern and the northwestern states, that's where it's still like crazy time. How is this possible? How is this possible? I still don't get it. You know, we can send men to the moon. We did that back in the 60s. <laughs> we can have electric cars. We can have, you know, all this crazy crap. We can have, you can hold in your hand every bit of knowledge in the world because of the fact you can you can research anything, and yet we can't figure out who won an election. No? It, we should have already knew what the outcome was that night. Right. I think what we should do is, James Strong says, I listened to his explanation on the girl from Impanema. It's 40 minutes of my life. I will never get back. <laughs> I feel that exact same way about he, Napoleon Dynamite. He, he doesn't like Adam Neely. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> 40 minutes, he diagnoses one song. For, I have to watch that now. See, now the, the, uh, um, the gauntlet's been thrown. <laughs> James Strong has me interested in that in that one. because. <laughs> but once again, this guy's... A, I like James Strong. This guy we're talking about, we played, we played last break. The guy's name is Adam Neely, and he's a musical savant. He takes a song, and he die, and he you know parses it and dissects it and you know does you know like does a, a you know a, a, a you know what do you call it when you die and they they chop an your analysis body. no when you, when you die an autopsy he does an autopsy on the song oh okay. okay it's time for us to leave oh my goodness what a show it just flew right on by and it did it did i can't believe you said that because you know why why you're a non-believer why should we waste time on kabuki <laughs> I don't even understand that. <laughs> Sick. We'll have, so keep on playing it because we'll have, that makes it more emphatic. We'll have Adam Neely explain it tomorrow. Okay, give us say goodbye, Shelly. Goodbye, Shelly. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> Peace and I fly. It's 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon.